Hello everybody, this is Mike Gettle and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hop Union. This is our fifth episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. We will be joined by Kevin West from Anchor Steam Brewery in our Anchor Brewing in San Francisco, California. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the San Francisco Giants. Before we do that though, Steve, uh, what's going on now? You were last week uh, in Idaho. What's, uh, what's going on in Idaho hop fields? Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Idaho last week uh, with uh, Ken Mortensen, uh, our director of supply chain. And uh, the hops are off to a good start down there. They a little bit behind uh, maybe what they normally are because they've had a cool spring like we've had up here. But uh, uh, they'll catch up and uh, the crop's off to a good start down there. You know, the last uh, last couple of years, the biggest percentage growth in hop acreage in the United States has been in Idaho. This past year, Idaho overtook Oregon as the number two hop state in terms of uh, total production. Are you seeing an increase in acreage this year in Idaho? There were a few babies that are planted down there, but not near as many as I saw last year. Um, I, I think that... Uh, uh, the general message to the hop industry is uh, let, let's take a little break on acreage expansion and uh, let the uh, demand catch up. And I know I was in Oregon last week and really the same thing there. There's there's no increased <coughs> plan on acreage. Uh, we talked about Washington, which is the largest state, and minimal here in Washington as well, it sounds like. So overall, I guess our expectation is that there will be very little uh, increase in hop acreage in the United States this year. Uh, that, that's right. Internally, definitely, uh, you know, we have a, a good picture on what our acreage is going to be, and we're going to see actually a slight decline this year in acreage. For, for YCH, that's, that's correct. correct. Yes, yeah. So I had a question for you, Steve. Last week when I was in Oregon uh, at the uh, the hop growers meeting, uh, they had talked about uh, wanting to make sure they're protect, protecting the rhizome of the hops and uh, what it meant for shipping rhizomes across state lines. It was a little bit new to me. Can you maybe talk a little bit about what that means and why that's important to protect, uh, uh, you know, the, the rhizomes of the hops? Sure. Uh, each of the state commissions here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington, all have some pretty strict quarantine laws. And, and that's to say that uh, between the three states, uh, because we're so closely uh, aligned geographically, uh, there can be uh, uh, hops that could cross those three states' borders with no issues. Uh, the quarantine laws are really designed to keep out uh, any disease pressure, any uh, pest pressure uh, that might exist in other parts of the United States. And probably the big key uh, disease that uh, folks are concerned about is powdery mildew. Uh, certainly at this point, powdery mildew reproduces asexually. Uh, the fear is that if hop plants come in from other parts of the United States, uh, they can bring in certain mating types, which would create a situation where powdery mildew uh, reproduces and uh, you get different strains of that that can cause uh, growers bigger headaches trying to control the disease. Very understandable why people are concerned about that. Uh, hops yep. are our farmer's livelihood. Uh, it's what they depend on, and the last thing anybody wants to have a disease or a, or a problem uh, being able to grow their hops. Well, let's, uh, let's talk to Kevin. I'd, I'd like to introduce you all to Kevin West uh, from Anchor Brewing. Uh, Kevin, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. 
Well, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, we're we're going around uh, the United States talking to uh, you know great breweries and different uh, major league ballpark uh, um, cities. And uh, if we're going to be in San Francisco, we really needed to to speak with you. Anchor Steam is is truly I you know one of the iconic uh, craft brewers in the United States. Uh, Kevin, you've been there for a while. How, how long have you been with Anchor uh, Anchor Brewing? I've been here uh, about 25 years. And uh, that's, a, that's tremendous. And so you've seen tremendous changes in, in beer and you've seen changes in ownership. Uh, maybe go back, uh, if you would, was, was Fritz around when you started? And uh, maybe talk a little bit about your experience dealing with Fritz Maytag, one of the true pioneers in the craft beer uh, industry in the United States. Oh, yeah, he was, he was there. And I have seen a lot of changes, but... Um, the bulk of my time here was with uh, approximately, I want to say, 18 years with Fritz, and uh, and I just can't say enough about the man. He he's amazing in his uh, his vision, and uh, and he was uh, he was a real on hands guy. And back when I first started, and to the day he left, to be honest, every final decision came down to Fritz. But it gave us it gave us confidence because you know he he made great decisions and uh, and so uh, we always knew who was in charge when Fritz was here. Yeah. And he did everything from the brewing, the recipes, to the packaging design and distribution uh, decisions, etc. I'm imagining, right? Yeah, yeah. He he obviously had. He had an assistant brewmaster, a Mark Carpenter, who I also can't say enough about, um, who who was who was essentially his production guy, and uh, he he was the go between between uh, himself and production. Uh, but yeah, he he would have Mark uh, follow up, and then they would follow up, and uh, yeah, it would all it would all come down to him eventually. So were were you always a Giants fan, or uh, did Fritz convert you to uh, to following the Giants? Well, it was interesting because I uh, I came here in '93, and uh, and I was I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, if you grew up in Dayton, Ohio, you were a Cincinnati Reds fan, and I was pretty much died in the wool Reds fan, uh, but unfortunately, in 1993, the uh, internet wasn't quite what it is now. And uh, there was no streaming or uh, following a team online. And uh, I, I'll be honest, I was a little lazy. I didn't really want to follow them via the paper. And so uh, I had a, uh, what seemed a very viable baseball team here, and I just started watching the Giants. And uh, now I pretty much bleed orange and black. So, Kevin, you, you grew up with the Big Red Machine then there in Cincinnati. Absolutely. Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, Davey Concepcion. They they yeah. had a they had some powerhouse teams back then in the early seventies. Joe Morgan, Tony Perez, yep. yeah, yeah, Cesar Geronimo, <laughs> Lee May, Bobby Tolan, yep. Don Gullett. Oh my gosh, it's, it's funny when you when I start those names are still ingrained <clears throat> in my head. But I tell you, since twenty ten, with three world championships under their their belts, uh, it it can't be too bad to be a, a fan of the San Francisco Giants. No, it, you're right. It can't. Um, it's uh, it's been pretty good, and uh, 
And on that note, last year uh, was a tough one to take because we got kind of spoiled. Yep. You know, we get uh, we get three championships in five years, and then uh, last year was a bit of a stumble. But um, it looks like we're heading in the right direction this year. Did somebody take Baumgartner's four wheeler away from him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to bet if that wasn't written into his contract before. <laughs> it is now. It is. It, it is now. Yeah. Well, that's but you know what I mean. The Giants what more or less five hundred so far this year, right? And, uh, and, and yeah, and Madison yeah, Madison's really... out, and uh, and you've had I mean you picked up uh, Evan Evan Longori and Andrew McCutcheon, and they're kind of having subpar years. I mean, so is Brandon Crawford, not yet really full kicking into full gear, right? Well, uh, I'm happy that we're talking now versus a week ago, and that's the uh, that's the beauty of baseball yep. is uh, a, a lot can change in a week, and. Uh, and last week, uh, that was that was true. If you if you would have asked me uh, what I thought the Giants' chances were last week, I would have probably been a little pessimistic. But uh, we've had a good run, and those players you mentioned, Longoria is coming around the corner. He had a horrible start. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he went over over his first seventeen. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know. I've heard that it takes a little while adjusting uh, American League to National League, and uh, he seems to start to be making the adjustment. And I, I love McCutcheon. McCutcheon yeah, is just a great uh, player. energy, yeah. Yeah, good good clubhouse presence, and, uh, and a great outfielder, too. I watched a little bit of the game last night against the Nationals, uh, which was I think was their third win in a row. And uh, yeah. I was impressed by who is this Mac Williamson kid? Holy cow, he's got three Mac home Williamson, runs already. Yeah, he's he's been he's been in Giants talk for about a couple years now, but he just couldn't get his swing right. And uh, he was having a pretty good spring this year, but they said, you know, go back down to the minors, keep working on your swing, and then due to the Giants' uh, troubles at their start, he got an opportunity to come on up here, and oh my gosh, he is absolutely blowing it up. Did you happen to see the uh, the ball he tried to catch in I, South Territory? I did, and uh, the look on Harper's face when he crashed into that wall, that was priceless. <laughs> uh, luckily, he was yeah. okay. At least I think he yeah. you know, got up and, and kept going. But uh, Yeah, and then hit a home run the next inning. Yep. Johnny Cueto yeah. talking about your former Reds. He's off to a great start uh, with, the, yeah, with the, this I, year. Yeah, I love Cueto. Yeah, yep. yeah, I, I like him a lot, and uh, and it's cool that he he was able to uh, come back from his injury fairly quick. And we've got Samarja today, who just came back from the injury, and Bumgarner. I want to say is a couple or few weeks out, but if we get Bumgarner, Cueto, and Samarja all all throwing well. We've got these, uh, we got Ty Block and Chris Stratton to fill in the other two spots. Now, you're in a good spot, but, it, you know, the, the West is a tough division this year, too, obviously, with uh, the Dodgers are performing, you know, below expectations, uh, I would say, at this point, or at least most people's expectations. And then you've got the Diamondbacks doing really well. And, uh, yep. yeah, it's a it's going to yeah. be a tricky one. The National League is pretty tough this year, yep. really. We talked about the Central, but the West is strong, too. I, I get a feeling. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a real strong, strong division. I mean, you can't even take, even though the Padres have been pretty perennially bad, you can't take them for for granted either. 
Right. I mean, yeah. Well, well, well um, Kevin, maybe let's talk a little bit more about uh, Anchor. And, and so uh, more recently, uh, you know, you talked about Fritz and, and how iconic he was, but you've made a, a, a change in ownership to one of the most iconic uh, beer brands out of Japan. Uh, and maybe tell us with Sapporo and tell us a little bit about uh, that transition and, uh, and how things are going and, and what we might be looking forward to here. Well, so far... Honestly, I can say the transition has been better than than I expected. I, I mean, honestly, when you're when you're bought by a large company, you know your mind starts wondering. But they are just like you said; they are iconic, and they are Japan's oldest brewery, mm-hmm. and they own uh, Canada one of Canada's oldest breweries, Sleeman Brewing. And so those those things combined, them, us, and Sleeman, I, I feel like it's a it's a good good partnership of of three very iconic brands. And um, I think there's a lot of potential for growth in Asia with craft, in Canada and in Europe. And I, I think, I think they're going to help us. We've seen, especially, uh, well, we've seen nice, solid growth in our Japan business. We've seen it even more spectacularly, I think, in uh, in, in Canada in the last couple of years. Are you guys looking at uh, rolling out Anchor to be sold in Japan, or are you gonna, are are they going to um, brew some Sapporo? I, they're they're already brewing it, if I understand correctly, in Canada. But will they do that at your facility? in san francisco are you guys looking at new beers or there's we're we're constantly working on new beers that that is that is something that that was that because of the nature of the industry and six thousand plus breweries now and every brewery doing an average of 10 beers you know you just you, you have to constantly be reinventing your beers and so we were always doing that um but i don't honestly see a whole lot of uh, Sapporo, if any, being made here because you guys have, have you guys been here? You guys have been here, right? I, I have. Yeah, I've been there a couple yeah. couple occasions. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a unique brewery. Uh, we're, we're really old fashioned and really traditional, and it seems like Sapporo really wants to keep it that way because it's kind of the identity of the brewery. But that being said. It, it may be hard to translate a beer or move a beer being made in a more modern brew house to this brew house. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly don't, don't see that. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, thanks for sending up uh, some of your flagship beer. Uh, we've been enjoying uh, an Anchor Steam beer as we're uh, in, in the podcast here. Great classic beer. Yeah. yeah. Are you, do you still use Northern Brewer hops in that beer? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We use uh, we use nuggets in the uh, front end. It's a three it's a uh, three editions. Uh, nuggets are in the front end, but the uh, middle edition and the tail edition are uh, Northern Brewers and have I've been brewing for fourteen plus years, and uh, that hasn't changed a bit since I've been brewing. How did you get started in brewing, Kevin? Uh, back in the day. Uh, 
that's the way you get started in brewing here was uh, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, some, somebody had left, which rarely happens. And I had been giving tours for about three years. So I had a fairly uh, strong knowledge of the process. And I'd been working in uh, packaging for roughly 11. And, uh, and they asked various people if they were interested and I was one of the lucky various to be asked, and uh, I was ultimately the uh, luckiest to be chosen, and it, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a it's a it's a common theme, I guess, isn't it? You work your way up in the ranks, you learn enough about the beer, you're passionate about it, and uh, eventually get your shot, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, and and it, it can continues that be be that way. Uh, it was that way uh, in our ownership with Fritz, obviously. And it continued to be that way uh, in our ownership with uh, Tony and Keith. And uh, now it looks like it's going to continue to be that way with Sapporo. It's a little bit like going going through the minor leagues on, as, as you move your way up the ranks, right? You do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you working on new? Uh, you know, obviously Anchor Steam's your iconic flagship. You mentioned you're working on some new recipes and some new beers. What uh, What's uh, got you guys and your team excited at the moment? Well, we... Uh, we have a, uh, a beer that's out there now called Brewer's Pale. And uh, Brewer's Pale uh, ideally is a, uh, it's a pale ale, not an IPA in the, in the strictest sense, but hoppy. Uh, and we would like to have, the, not like to, but we will have this as a rotating series with different hops. Uh, our current Brewer's Pale and the first Brewer's Pale is uh, is the Nelson Hop Blend, and uh, we really love the Nelson Hop. Uh, we used uh, a lot of the Nelson Hop to make, initially, many years back, uh, Humming Ale. Hmm. Humming Ale was uh, 100% Nelson Hops, and uh, and this is a, a, a Nelson Blend. Um, I want to say it's Nelson... El Dorado, Calypso, and Citra, I want to say, but please don't quote me on that. I feel bad. That <laughs> we'll, we'll quote you on the <laughs> Citra, no problem at all. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we love Citra. Yeah. Hey, Nelson is an interesting one, and, and, and Steve, you know, you were in New Zealand a, a while ago. Their crop was down a little bit. Nelson is one of the most popular hops in the world, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's – can you can you maybe say a little bit why it's a little bit challenging for New Zealand to uh, to 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 expand the the production of that? And it's another good example where it sometimes it's hard to transfer a particular variety from one geography to another. And what makes Nelson unique, and why is that a, an interesting uh, challenge? Yeah, Mike Nelson Savin is an iconic New Zealand hop. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, be down in New Zealand uh, a few weeks ago, right at the front end of their hop harvest and uh, for the first time in my career had a chance to walk through some of the hop yards and you could tell very quickly that uh, Nelson Sauvin is a challenging hop to grow. Uh, The yield uh, potential didn't seem quite what it was in some of the other varieties that they grow there Uh, but it's one that uh, I know uh, Doug Donnellan from New Zealand Hops is a friend of mine looking forward to to seeing him next week at the uh, Craft Brew Conference in Nashville. 
but I know that they are uh, really making a concerted effort to expand their acreage in some of these hops uh, like Nelson uh, that have been in uh, high demand and relatively short supply. Yeah, and, and is there a reason why Nelson could not be grown, for example, in the Pacific Northwest? Is, are they trying to keep it under control in New Zealand, or is it, uh, we yeah. know through experience that it's tough to, to, to translate sure. hops from one geography to another? Is there? Yeah. I, I think they'd like to keep it in New Zealand because it is an iconic New Zealand hops. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we see with a lot of hop varieties in Cascade is probably the best example uh, they grow Cascades down in New Zealand. They grow some down in Argentina. They grow some in Germany. Uh, here's a hop that's grown literally all over the world. Uh, genotypically, it's the same genes make up in, in, in each of these regions, but phenotypically, how those genes are expressed given the climate that they're grown in, uh, the hop is slightly different. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I think the, one of the reasons they want to keep Nelson Sauvin in New Zealand is to protect that terroir, if you will, mm -hmm. and to, to make sure that uh, wherever you buy Nelson Sauvin, it's it's Nelson Sauvin and not sure. a, a slight variation. And you want to buy it from a you know reputable dealer, New Zealand Hops, where you make sure that it's it's coming out. And it's you know one of the things we do find when when somebody has an issue is that it was packed incorrectly or it was stored incorrectly. Any number mm -hmm. of these issues that can also impact uh, the quality of the hops that are coming out. Yeah, you definitely want to control the brand and make sure that uh, every every time you buy a certain variety, it has the same uh, quality attributes. Uh, and uh, we can do what we can uh, here in our part of the supply chain, but uh, what happens after it leads, leaves our care and custody, we really don't have as much control over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, Kevin, yeah, and, and, go ahead, and Kevin. Being, and being a brew house that, that brews uh, whole only in whole flowers, it can be even more challenging. Oh, sure. Because yeah. uh, pretty much every, you'll, you'll get to a point where you're like, hey, we could use some more Nelsons. And they're like, sorry, they've all been pelletized. Yeah. Are you going to be yeah. in Nashville uh, next week, Kevin? Uh, unfortunately, no. That should be that should be quite an event. I know uh, we've got quite a few of our team is going to be there. Obviously, a number of uh, of brewers from the United States and around the world attend this event. Uh, it's a several day event, the Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville. We're really looking forward to meeting with a number of our customers. We will also have a number of our growers there as well, interacting with the uh, the brewery customers. We have a Here We Grow event on the night of May second. Really looking forward to that. I think, Mike, we're actually yeah. planning our next podcast in Nashville, aren't we? That's right. Next yeah. week we're going to have a little bit of a, a more creative uh, opportunity to interact. We're still working out the finer details, but that should be a lot of fun. Stop by the booth. We're going to ask you, you know, what your favorite beer is and who your favorite baseball player is, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Steve, you, you said you were a Giants fan when you were a kid before the Mariners were here, right? I, I was, still am a Giants fan. Uh, when I grew up as a young, impressionable boy in the 60s, uh, the Seattle Mariners didn't exist, and it, even before the Seattle Pilots existed. So uh, I kind of became a fan of that uh, kid that roamed center field back there in the 60s by the name of Willie Mays. And, Say hey. Uh, yeah, followed Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Juan Marichal. Orlando all those, Cepeda. Orlando Cepeda, all those uh, giants of the past. And uh, my dream world series would be the Giants and the Mariners facing each other in uh, 
a seven-game series at some point. So hopefully I stick around long enough to see that. That would be a lot of fun. Well, at least you weren't talking about Mel Ott and Christy Mathewson <laughs> from your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually, the Giants actually, when I was born, actually were playing out of New York. But uh, I, I guess this is their 60th anniversary, right, Kevin, of that move yes, to San Francisco? Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and happy that Seattle brought back Ichiro. That makes one of us, uh, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I, I no. looked at his stats. I apologize, but I did look at his stats. I know, I know, I know they're not, you know, glowing. Yeah. But I just, no. I love the guy. No, he's, he's a. He, he's a great ball player. My first spring training I went to was back in 2001, and here's this vaunted uh, Japanese ball player walking into the stadium and this little skinny guy, and I, I, I looked at him and told my wife, I said, that must be his photographer or interpreter or something because a guy that size can't play baseball. And next thing I know, he's batting lead off and slapping one down the left field line for a double, and it, we, we owe him another chance. I... I, I Personally, as a baseball guy, I, I wish we would have signed him to a one-day one, one day contract to give him his proper due and uh, send him down the yeah, road. I, but, yeah, I get that. But, yeah. uh, he is but a great a, ball player, though. Yep. Oh, my gosh. He can he can really, when you said uh, slap one, that that's the kind of hitter that is amazing that can just sprit. You can't, you can't put a shift on him yep. because he can sprit, spray it anywhere. Yep. That's right. He and Rod Carew, Tony Gwynn, those guys, Wade Boggs, all those left-handers that could do that. Yep. A lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You couldn't, she can't shift that stuff, right? So it's pretty cool. Well, Kevin, uh, you know, we really appreciate your taking time uh, to spend with us. Uh, we really wish you all of the best of luck at Anchor Steam and continued good success uh, for everything you've got going on there. there. San Francisco is a great beer town, and uh, like you say, it goes all the way back to uh, to Fritz Maytag and his vision of of making something different, making a different beer. And, uh, you know, the, the pioneers around the craft industry are, are worth celebrating the pioneers in the hops industry, uh, you know, and, and the growers that we're working with uh, are worth celebrating. It's uh, it's pretty special when we get a chance to talk about the, the first days of, of this whole industry. And, Kevin, as a baseball fan, uh, we're going to sign off wishing you nothing but good hops. So uh, uh, keep making great beer. Thank you so much, guys. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I appreciate you you guys and uh, i wish you guys all the all the success too really appreciate that well as always uh we appreciate any comments that we get back from our listeners we are now officially on uh apple uh podcast station you can find uh, itunes if you've got a an apple uh, phone an iphone uh you can just type in beer baseball and binds on the podcast icon or you can f- type in ych either way you can find us there can find us on our uh, Facebook page, or you can find us on our website. So, uh, again, appreciate all of your uh, your comments and uh, and and any uh, any questions you might have for us. Go Giants! Go Giants today! Go Giants! <laughs>